You shake your head. Where are you? Oh, right. Just about to finish up the prototype. You fiddle with the display. The device is so intricate that you had to buy another screwdriver, specialized, just to twist the screws. Just another one for the collection, you think, as you tighten the final seam. The complete headset sits in front of you on the desk. It's diagnostics flashing on your monitor. Something feels very familiar about all of this. Maybe it's because you've been through this before with previous versions of the project. Who knows? You've certainly been at it long enough. The home lab is good enough for what you need. It doesn't compare to the university's facility, but after the mishap with the Neurolab's test rats, you aren't allowed back inside the building unless you want to deal with the police. Of course, you can still operate just fine in your garage, but it isn't ideal. Fortunately, your old lab partner took your side, so you aren't completely cut off. The frames snap into place and you inspect your work. At first glance, the device looks like a pair of glasses from a high school film project. Square frames with various wires and bits of metal poking out. Two external power supplies which clip to your belt. Velcro straps extend from the temples like tentacles. It's not pretty, but appearances are something for the marketing team to worry about before it goes to mass production. You set the screwdriver down and pick up the headset. It's a little heavy, which makes sense considering the odds and ends bolted onto its framework. Your last prototype had enough wires poking out of it that it was like wearing a visor made of steel wool. The scabs it left are still behind your ears. This iteration is far more self-contained. Cable management was a skill you taught yourself when you built your first PC, and it seemed like it would come in handy to make sure the glasses weren't too messy. A few community college classes on introductory electrical engineering taught you how to hook up the circuits as needed. You turn the glasses over in your hand, and you aren't really sure what you expected. It doesn't snap onto your face. It doesn't come alive and drill a wire into your brain. It just sits there. You admonish yourself for being silly and boot up the program on your terminal. One downside to getting ejected from a university lab is a lack of sterile test environment. But your apartment should do good enough for what this headset is designed to do. You take a second to consider what you're doing and then lower it over your face. The headset rests heavy on the bridge of your nose and the metal is cool against your cheeks. You fasten the Velcro behind your head. It's still a little front heavy, but after tightening the straps, it settles more comfortably. The electrode's rubber is cool against your temple. You clip the power supply unit to your belt and you take a deep breath before you flip the switch. In the right lighting, the batteries resemble larger than average fanny packs. Not exactly a fashion statement, but they fit with the retro futuristic appearance of the headset itself. The glasses thrum against your face as diagnostics scroll down the screen on your terminal. Things seem steady, though the cooling fan on the power supply whirs into overdrive. The hardware supplier promised they wouldn't explode if overloaded, and you took her word that you weren't strapping grenades to your hip. Though small, the amount of power needed to operate these glasses was prodigious. It was something to streamline in the future model, but right now it was simply enough to make sure that things worked at all. Engaging neuromechanical interface reads the bottom line of the diagnostic scroll. The electrodes on your temple heats up as your vision fuzzes slightly and the dizziness washes over your mind. But then the moment passes. Your sight sharpens again and the display flashes a green check mark in the bottom right corner. Okay, initial startup works, you think. Time to actually test its functionality. For as long as you can remember, you've always had trouble deciding which course of action was the most important at any given time. 
It first manifested when you were a child, a scrawny little thing, perpetually underweight compared to the other kids your age. Incredibly bright, as every adult teacher put it, after even a moment, observing you at work, but unable or unwilling to prioritize what you needed most. What initially seemed like a lack of appetite was soon identified as an unwillingness to admit you needed to do something else besides work on whatever project you'd set your mind to. In human development terms, the ability to plan, focus, and execute multiple tasks is referred to as executive function. It's what allows people to prioritize tasks without distraction or impulse derailing their progress. And it's what lets people interrupt their ongoing projects if they realize they need something else. You never lacked executive function per se, but it was never something which came naturally to you. When you set your mind on a goal, you pursued that goal to its completion at the expense of everything else. For a while, you were proud of the single-minded devotion to your plans, despite the hungry night spent in the lab, or the lonely night spent in the lab, or the rushed bathroom runs when you realized you spent the entire day in the lab with no breaks. Your output was extraordinary, and certainly well worth the effort. When Charlie left, though, it definitely highlighted some shortcomings with your methods. It was the first time your inability to recognize what you truly needed to prioritize caused any trouble, and so you decided to get to work on it. Appeal was the name of a project, app.eal, an artifact from a previous iteration which would highlight environmental objects you desired. Of course, your science wasn't exactly enough to filter through the blunt urging of the id, and the concept was shelved after some uncomfortable initial testing. This was a third iteration of Appeal, one which utilized a far more nuanced program to filter through the white noise of the human brain, identify what the body or mind needed, and highlight the shortest path through the local environment to fulfill that need. A robust artificial intelligence parsed the visual inputs from the camera and displayed the path on the lenses. Simply put, the glasses tell you what you need and where to get it. The only indication the glasses are on is a small flashing exclamation point in the bottom right-hand corner of your field of vision. You focus your thoughts on the alert and the message, calibration needed, flashes up on the display. Would you like to calibrate appeal? You sharpen your thoughts on the word yes, and the menu disappears. A loading bar fills from left to right and then disappears also. The display goes dead. The power supply fans at your belt go silent. You sit for a moment, taken by surprise, this should have worked. What went wrong? You go to remove the glasses when suddenly... The power fans start up again and green wireframe outlines the surface in your garage lab. Identifying, the heads-up display says. And the green wireframe fades to leave an arrow on the ground. Wait, you think. It's clearly directing you towards something you need. Or something you want. But it hasn't identified what that thing is. An obvious shortcoming in hindsight, you think, but something to be addressed after this... test? You stand from your chair, curious, and the arrow on the ground pointed to the alleyway between your place and the neighbors. You disconnect the headset from your desktop terminal and the display fizzles briefly as it swaps to local processors. The power indicator says you have a good four hours before it needs to get plugged in. Perfect for a field test. Your lab door leads to the pathway which connects your garage side door to your driveway. Your 2014 blue Subaru Impreza's parked there and the arrow leads you up to its driver's side door. Where is it taking me? 
you think as you get into the vehicle and key the ignition. The lens displays shift from an arrow to a GPS screen of the local area, and the directions of the map are a familiar route you normally take when you go on your hikes. Maybe Appeal was telling you you needed to get out and have some fresh air. The weather recently was not very hospitable to outdoor activities, and though you've enjoyed your time in the lab, it was important to get out and about in nature sometimes. You reverse out of the driveway and follow the directions on the glasses lenses. I guess we're going on a field test, you say to no one in particular. A normal occurrence for you, now that you live alone. You consider the glasses, and a shiver goes down your spine. You hadn't expected to onboard artificial intelligence to have such a fidelity as to schedule its own field test. It's obvious now that's what you sought out to do, but to have the program sharpened to its focus so quickly catches the breath in your chest. You do your best not to drive distractedly, but the magnitude of the potential applications for a technology like this. If this tech has truly parsed out your desire for a test run and scheduled one itself, it was already a rousing success. Now you just need to see what it thought was an appropriate test. The GPS directions lead you to your favorite trailhead, a two-mile out-and-back path up into the foothills outside of town. It's a beautiful sunny day, comfortable with long sleeves, and just bright enough that Appeal's lenses kept you from squinting too tight. The headset's arrow leads up the trail into the trees. You realize that you're ill-prepared for a hike and consider going back to your home for at least a water bottle, when the arrow on the ground shifts and loops, twisting back towards the trunk of your car. You frown and follow it and open your trunk. The lens projects a green wireframe over the contents of your vehicle and highlights an unopened plastic bottle you now remember leaving after a failed attempt at attending a pickup soccer game last week. Rapid response and adaptation to changing needs, you say under your breath as you retrieve the water bottle and shut the trunk. You remind yourself to review the code when you get back to the lab. This is far more than you'd ever expect from what is essentially a Frankenstein's monster of spaghetti code pieced together from multiple different sources. The air on the ground once more goes up the trail and you follow it. It's a gorgeous day, but your mind is preoccupied with the hardware on your face. If these first results are conclusive, then you've stumbled upon something which could dramatically affect human productivity in the workspace, or safety operations, or even recreation. You stop to pick up a stone from the trail. One of the trees nearby is laden with pine cones, and you eye one about halfway up the trunk. All right, we're going to knock that one out of the tree, you say out loud. You aren't sure if the glasses gain any benefit in calculation or interpretation from the microphone input, but you've included a microphone, so it bore testing. The arrow on the trail disappears, and a halo appears just at the end of your arm's reach. As you wind back to make your throw, the halo shifts slightly, but always just where you would release a stone were you to throw it. You lean back, aim, and throw the stone carefully to let loose just as your hand passes through the spot displayed on the lens. The rock sails through the air and strikes the pine cone square center. Oh man, you say. Real-time adjustments and display for velocity, angle, and projectile weight. Your hands start shaking slightly. Even the military doesn't have anything quite like this, at least not openly available. And you've built this in your garage. The potential applications... You continue your walk along the headset's arrow, but the possibilities occupy your attention. If this tech could be expanded upon, it could revolutionize life as you know it. AI-assisted disaster relief efforts could identify where to best allocate resources almost before the disaster arrived. Architecture and infrastructure could be optimized with minimal effort. 
attach this tech to robotic servitors and the country could have an automated squad of predictive drones capable of quarterbacking much of society's busy work. You are so consumed in your thoughts that you don't hear the dry, husky rattle until it's too late. The headset display flashes a warning, but it doesn't identify what until you feel the snake's fang sink into your ankle. You shout as it feels like the veins inside your leg catch on fire and you collapse. The snake disappears on, into a nearby underbrush, and you just catch a glimpse of the diamond grid pattern along its back. Oh, you say as you feel the sight of the wound going numb. You rack your brain to try to remember if you knew anything about treating snake bites. The old school recommendation was to suck the venom out, but you couldn't remember if that was debunked by the internet or, or not. And it would have been an awkward angle anyway. The headset beeps and catches your attention. The arrow flashes to extend off trail in the opposite direction of the snake down the hillside. The green wire frame overlay appears and highlights a distant patch of plant life standing out against the arid mountain grass. The directions on the screen read, Obtain Acorinthus aspera. You check your cell phone. You have two bars up here on the trail, most likely enough to make an emergency call out. But who knows how long it'll take to get an ambulance and EMT team up here. What do you do? If you follow the headset to the plants, listen to episode 1.02, a.k.a. Acquire. If you call for an ambulance, listen to episode 1.05, a.k.a. Call. <laughs>